If you are thinking of going in hospitality... Don't polish your glasses with rags. <laughs> well, yes, please do. Don't spit <laughs> in make, them either. Make sure the rinse water's hot enough with... and the water just evaporates. <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt is dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of Brews News, and in particular, Brews News Week, which is this, our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views, and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Kierkegaard, and ace reporter and senior journalist, Claire Burnett. G'day, guys. Good morning, morning Pete. All right, mate. How are you doing? How do we find you this fine morning? Steamy. It's bloody roasting <laughs> up here. It's, uh, yeah, Brisbane, summer, <laughs> all, all of those Victorians that moved up here looking for a better life, you know, maybe found it in winter, <laughs> they'll be regretting their decisions uh, in summer. And I thank you, because there's a shit ton more room down here for us. <laughs> you can actually do the uh, Hills Are Alive With The Sound Of Music spin in your neighbourhood without bumping into anybody, Pete. Uh, not, not, not quite. No. Anyone who's um, we we have a we have a, a Pilsner family rule down here that um, if you want to go to the shopping centres in anything any month any uh, day that starts in December uh, before ten a.m. or we're not going. And it, it, it's a little bit Everything that way. opens at ten a.m. And I've got I've got two that uh, are working at a. a one of the larger centres, and so I've got to sort of drop them in, and, and we've oh, just got to God. the stage now where I, uh, I drop them within walking distance, and um, they uh, they head across the rail bridge and um, get in that way. You don't want to go too close, Pete. Oh, it's Dangerous. just uh, I think there's a couple of couple of things. There's uh, uh, a bit of the you know Christmas spirit and excitement, and uh, and that gets a little bit lost in the panic and the selfishness, and also it just seems that COVID has led a lot of people to forget how to drive. (laughs) (laughs) They've had a break for so long, they've forgotten. We're off the road for so long that, yeah, everyone kind of forgot about. And just just think about other people. Words to live by. We've got a bit of news to get through. So we'll cross live now to the international media centre that is (laughs) Bruce News. And uh, Claire, we begin with uh, the IBA announces corrections to the Indies trophies. Indeed. We will have seen last week that the Independent Brewers Association was uh, undertaking an audit of their scoring processes for the past, definitely for this year and then also for the past couple of years as well. They've now announced, uh, and I'm sure everyone saw it yesterday, that um, they basically advised that an incorrect scoring process was used and there are some revised results. So in 2021, Champion Victorian Brewery was Future Mountain, not Stomping Ground. 2021, New South Wales Champion Brewery was Wildflower, not Filter. Champion South Australian was Mismatch, not Vale. And in 2020, um, the Champion South Australian Brewery was Mismatch. So obviously, really awful for the IBA to have to go through this. It wasn't anything to do with judging. I caught up with Kylie uh, Lethbridge, CEO of uh, the IBA and the new chair, Richard Adamson, uh, just to find out a little bit more. And uh, this is what they told me. Kylie Lethbridge, Richard Adamson, welcome to Bruce News Week. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. It's been a rough week for you, I'd imagine. There have absolutely been better weeks, Matt, and and there's no doubt that um, between the board and and the team and and everybody that's been involved that there's been some long hours put in and 
But, uh, you know, we were really keen to have that resolved as quickly as we could. We know from the interest in this story that a lot of people have read it. Can you just explain very quickly what happened? There was no issues with the, 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 the judging or the award of trophies. It was just the calculation of the state-based awards. That's right. Yeah, and I think that that's definitely an important thing to to reiterate, Matt, is is the judging process was absolutely undertaken in a professional manner um, and it, any any mistakes that were made were, were well beyond that judging process. The scoring element uh, only comes into play with the state and, and brewery trophies. So although the, the judging process was challenging, as you know, because we could only do it in one state and there was border closures and lockdowns and restrictions everywhere, that was definitely separate to any of the issues we experienced. Mm. How are the state-based champions awarded? Because it, it, it ends up being a calculation of the number of beers entered versus the points from medals and trophies. Is that correct? And then divided by the, the, the number? I don't think I've actually seen the calculation. I think it's a little, little simpler to start with. So it's the top four entries from the breweries. You have to have got a gold medal. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise the, the trophy won't be awarded. Uh, and the old system was three, two, one. So three for gold, two for silver, one for bronze. And then there was a bonus point for of three points if you got that best in class, that trophy for the category. Um, and that was changed and published in the, the entry booklet to five, three, one and one point for that, that one bonus point for that best in class. For that so you can see how when you've got two or three breweries that are, have done really well in the competition that that scoring would could flip that result around mm. and, and it was just because the the results are given to an external agency to to do the calculations isn't it that's right and, and it, was, it was just a case that they were using the incorrect matrix and it was brought to attention when people did their own calculations yeah, so it was the, the incorrect matrix was used and it, we were alerted to the next day after the Indies, in fact, that there may have been an issue with one of the trophies and so rerunning those numbers indicated that there may have been a broader issue and so we felt it was um, it was super important at that point to to have it independently looked at and that analysis was done as quickly as we could as well. So we went to a, a completely different and new company to, to do mm. that. I think it was only picked up, Matt, because um, really because Wildflower got four gold medals. Um, <laughs> and previously, I think the results were much closer and most of the breweries had, you know, that were up for contention had got three gold medals. And mm. whereas that one was makes, makes that scoring a little bit more clear cut that, you know, under that, under that newer scoring matrix, that four gold medals is 20 points you know, the bonus point system would have made a difference um, in the old matrix, but in the new matrix, um, it was it's less of a factor. Yep. Yeah. Okay. As a result of auditing these results, you've actually uh, organised a full-scale overhaul or a re- review of the uh, awards themselves. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't something that we I wasn't on my agenda of, of things to address um, for the IBAs. But um, look, I think it's... It's given a, a once in a lifetime opportunity to really change it and do it from 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 scratch, really, and look at all facets of of the competition. 
so we'll, again, we'll, we'll use a, a third party, external party, someone who's not from a, from a brewery. We'll definitely call for feedback as well because um, I know there's a, a lot of different opinions on how the Indies should go whether um, and, and looking at different competitions around the world, which, which ones we can take the best of. Um, it'll be interesting to see which way the membership want, want to see it go as well. Mm. It's the, the opportunity, Matt, to... To, to have that independent look at something that, you know, has grown and evolved so quickly as well is important. And, and, and as you know, you and I have spoken about before, it's our industry's grown, our association's grown. And so the awards, if, if we, you know, if our aim is for, is for the Indies Awards to, to be the, the best in Australia, we need to continuously look at that and review. And, and in the last 10 days or so, we've had, you know, a number of, of members, um, those who had entered the awards, reach out and want to have a conversation about multiple elements of the event, not just the scoring. And so to me and the conversations that I've had with the board is it's a really important for us to to listen to that and to, you know, if, if we're going to make changes, that this is a good time to have a look at the whole thing pull it apart and if it's put back together in the same way as Rich said we'll go out to members and say this is where we think we want to take it and move on because you know with the crazy season ahead of us and um, you know the distraction that that everybody generally has in January we'll be opening for the Indies again five minutes later so it's really <laughs> important to do this now. Terrific. So what is the time frame that we're looking at? It's underway already? So I'm writing the, uh, I've just, I'm writing a brief. So we're going to go out and get a couple of quotes to have that work done. And ideally, we, we if I can start that this week, I will. Terrific. Well, look, thank you very much. Congratulations on the way that the IBA has handled this so quickly, first of all. And uh, uh, thank you for taking some time uh, to just uh, dig in a little bit more and explaining it to us today. And uh, looking forward to hearing what the result is uh, in January, February. Yeah, I'd, I'd just like to take that opportunity to congratulate both the winners and the runners-up, as it turns out, mm. and, um, and the gracious way that they have dealt with it um, publicly as well um, has been amazing. And sincere apologies for, um, for what we found. It's certainly not something that either Kylie or I would have wanted to find on our watch. But, um, you know, once, once notified about it, we have to... Um, deal with it as quickly as possible and in the most open and honest way. I would echo those statements as well, Matt, and, you know, extend a thank you to everybody who has been really supportive of, of us personally as well and the team over the last week, yourself included. Um, text messages and, and emails coming in thick and fast last night and, and you know, the vast majority of that is is supportive and complimentary of, of the rest of the work that we're doing. So really a big shout out to you and, and the industry who will have and will continue to support going, you know, support us going through this process. Oh, and, and no one would have wanted this to happen. And, uh, you know, as I said, I think it really shows that the, the way that the IBA has stepped up to handle it. Um, I, you know, I, I can't see this harming any breweries um, because we have a greater insight into how close and how strong uh, state brewing is. I agree. Like it's, uh, you know, that's what the, what what it illustrates is you've got um, several breweries who are, um, are turning out excellent beer um, on a consistent level across um, a range of different types of beers as well. So, um, yeah, it's we're, we're, it's coming. It's splitting hairs essentially, and it's just um, the formula that was used to split the hairs changed. Mm.
Thank you both for joining us to uh, to explain it this week on uh, Bruce News Week. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. So there you have it. No one wants it to happen. It happened more than anything. I think the IBA has jumped on this quickly, um, you know, and 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 appropriately and owned it, um, which is a you know a hard thing to do. Um, feel very sorry for the breweries that have seen swaps, um, or you know. But then again, even if you've just lost the medal. It, Everyone now knows how close you would have been, which had, had, it, had, had it not happened that way, the second place getter would be a little bit hidden, I, I, I guess. So, you know. And just to clarify on that point, Matt, the medals don't change. It's, it's how the, trophy. The, so the, medal, the medals were still awarded. It's yep. just yep. the, the yeah. state-based trophy. Yeah. Yeah. So look, you know, I, I guess it's framing red thoughts into green thoughts, as you like to say, Pete, um, you know, make the, the best of it. And also the IBA is using this as an opportunity to completely review you know, the, the whole Indies structure. Um, and, and once they'd announced that they were looking at it, there was a lot of feedback from brewers going, well, if you're going to look at it, how about you look at this? So mm-hmm. everything is in the mix, which is, you know, it's, it's really a, a great opportunity to, to, to make something positive out of something that is potentially negative. But uh, congratulations to them. And the, the greatest criticism of things that I tend to hear is from people who aren't involved, <laughs> you know, and they don't know... Um, <laughs> And, and also, I always think, like, unless you've done everything 100% perfect in your working life and nothing's ever gone wrong for you, like, you should know how that feels. Sometimes shit happens. Like, that's, it's ne- there's things you can do to fix it in future, yep. and that's what they're doing, and that's all you can do in that situation. And look, it's not that I don't have a sense of fun, but when stories like this are posted, if the best that you can add to it is a meme... <laughs> Maybe not. You know, <laughs> maybe just hold back. May, on may, that. <laughs> maybe use that inner voice that says, "Should I or should I not?" Um, you know, would my mum approve of this? <laughs> well, Probably not. <laughs> are you adding anything to a difficult, to a to, to an awkward, you know, situation where mm. where adults are actually trying to do adult stuff? You know. Anyway, <laughs> not that in certain places memes aren't appropriate, but you know, on a story like this, it's. You know, yeah. If if that's the, if that's all you got to add, maybe think again. Yeah, worth highlighting too at this point that. The judging process is completely separate from the assigning of trophies process. So the judging process takes place in and of itself, and it's 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 self-contained. Those results are then you know fed into um, a calculator, yep. which in this case, uh, the incorrect points were assigned or or you know whatever yeah, whatever happened. At, it at used the to be three, end. two, one for gold, silver, bronze, um, and so then your best four entries, and it was recently changed to five, three, one. Um, so golds, and then if you won the best in category, it used to have higher points, and now it's only got one. So the, the best in class doesn't impact the, 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 the top four as much. So um, it was my yeah. takeaway from that. So it was, yeah, calculation error based, you know, not even by the IBA. So it wasn't even people involved in breweries. And, you know, some of the people who say, oh, you know, judging by people who brew, yeah, anyway, just, mm. yeah, just. Well, who knows more about beer? Yeah. <laughs> Particularly in terms of technical faults and that sort of thing, which at the end of the day, I, I think is is important because if if um, the Indies or the Queensland Beer Awards or the AIBAs, if any if, if any of them have any relevance and value from a consumer's point of view, it's got to be based on um, everyone working off the same uh, basic standards. Yep, and, and but different competitions have different approaches. They've got you know, otherwise, why have all different um, competitions? But the people involved 
are doing it with integrity um, and, and mistakes can happen. So, you know, if, if, if you want to talk about things um, and how and these things should be better, have you ever stewarded, you know, anyone can steward at a, at a beer awards and you'll get a real sense of just how complicated these things are, how many moving parts there are. So anyway, um, congratulations to the IBA in a, in, in a difficult situation. Congratulations to um, the, the, the brewers, um, everyone, you know, the, the, the ones that um, were re- Done and the ones that were done, done. Pun- punted. <laughs> uh, Moving on. Next story. Uh, Heaps normal. Claire uh, raises eight point five million. Indeed. That's a uh, Heaps normal. No alcohol uh, brand. Relatively new to the market, especially in comparison to um, other brands we've had on the podcast before, like Sober. They've only been around for 16 months, um, or since their first launch, the launch of their first beer. Uh, And now, yep, they've opened up a Series A um, private investment round, um, but Matt's had a chat to them as well for a podcast, a beer's conversation. We've got a pretty full, because we're running out of weeks. Um, I know. We're stuck. This might even be a bonus, because it, it, it is... Jermaine to their to, to the news and it was one mm. that given alcohol free is something that we've talked a lot about on the podcast um, and then also crowdfunding and things like that mm-hmm. you know we, we don't speak to every alcohol free business because they're going to say the, the, the same thing I think it's fair to say that heaps normal has been probably one of the most accoladed in terms of awards they've certainly made more noise in the mainstream media mm-hmm. and they've also done a Dare I say, grown-up crowdfunding? Oh, you know, grown-up. <laughs> well, no, yeah. professional a, 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 raise, yeah, like a, a, a traditional. Yeah. Sorry, yes, that, that was very pejorative. Slap myself down. Um, yes, um, cards and letters, Matt at brewersnews.com.au. Um But I, when I spoke to them for um, the ethics of no alcohol, um, when we were talking about where you should where no alcohol should be placed um is that ethical we've got lots of concerns about like brand extensions from the bigger brands obviously heaps normal is a standalone um but they seemed really open did you find that as well matt like they were pretty open to chat and like taught engage with those issues or oh, yeah, potentially yeah, yeah, not? Th- th- those issues yeah yeah mm-hmm. um I, I guess i was looking more at the funding and yeah, some of that yeah. <laughs> some of that <laughs> stuff that they don't necessarily like talking about like well you keep talking about growth mm. how much are you making you know how do we because you know, if you're sort of saying, oh, we've been doubling every month, you're going, well, okay. <laughs> well, you're making a million to start with or bugger all. Well, yeah, because if I give you 10 cents last month and 20 cents this month, I, you've only got 30 cents. Well, there's, there, there, no, there, there's that old um, thing that if you put one grain of rice on a chessboard, on the first square of a chessboard, and then double it on every one, and mm-hmm. you're sort of saying, how many will you have at the end? You sort of think, well, one, two, four, eight, 16. Mm-hmm. And you think, you know, 3,012. Now, I've never done it, but apparently the 64 squares, if you keep doubling it, you end up with, um, you know, as many uh, grains as there are on a, on every beach in the world or something something ridiculous yeah, number. Yeah. So you're going, well, if you've doubled every month for 16 months, what's your volume? Mm-hmm. But, of course, they don't want to talk about that. So mm-hmm. that obviously has gone to investors. And so you're going, well, um, you know, the the the... Anyway, so they didn't really want to talk about volumes. They talked about growth, which you can understand. It's a very um, mm-hmm. quickly growing thing. Lots of startup businesses do, I suppose. It yeah. makes sense for them. That's the metric that they judge themselves by. And that's where their valuation is on, on, on the growth. But then, you know, in line with growth, what is the potential market? And then that's where when I sort of started asking about some of the questions we've batted around here. Well, 
you know, one of the reasons that people develop a palate for beer is because traditionally, um, you know, beer was the bloke's drink. It was the bloke's way of consuming alcohol. And you overcame the distaste that many people have for, for beer um, in, you know, in their late teens, early 20s, because it's the socially accepted means for alcohol. They're talking about changing our relationship with alcohol and changing our drinking habits. And so for people who don't want to consume alcohol, making a beer that tastes like a beer for those people. And, you know, talking about, well, how are you going to bring new consumers? Because the whole beer industry is going, you know, how do we bring people to the to the tribe? You know, how do we win share of throat? It, it sounds like they're trying to chisel out um, share of the beer market uh-huh. for zero alcohol beer and not trying to look at how they get new consumers in because are people just going to go hey um, I, I love beer even uh-huh. without alcohol so yeah you have to like the taste prior to going no alcohol I suppose or have had it before that's the thing yeah they, they were very much pitching it as well again this is my interpretation um, listen to the, the podcast and see if you agree but they were sort of saying yeah we're, we're providing an alternative to alcohol beer with alcohol in mm-hmm. um, but the first question is, well, how do we bring, you know, again, looking just at our little anecdote um, of the Brews News office, you and I drink beer, Emmy and Vivian don't. They're the younger you know, younger yes, members of the, sadly, of the group, yes. but they don't drink much at all, and they no. certainly don't drink beer. Anecdote of two. Yeah. Um, is, we don't, is that's that not a, research. Yeah. That's is not that statistically. But it's, yeah, but they drink other things. Um, so, yeah, so so what is the potential growth, you know, if, if, if they're – if, if alcohol-free is a small part of a small part of a declining market, mm-hmm. how, what, what is it growth? Yeah, so anyway, how much can you grow? Really interesting. Um, but, you know, hearing the the approach to making the beer and what they're going to use the funds for. Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, like it, it, it certainly didn't definitively answer too many of my questions about the category, mm-hmm. but it certainly, um, you know, told me that they are a very serious professional um, business who would you know and that investor list as well that's quite impressive the guy from who gives a crap who did the the toilet paper thing yep that was quite good and I was like holy crap so there's obviously people out there literally uh that are professional investors uh that are like yes this is a good idea you know they aren't just you know us that are retail investors that are fans of the company they genuinely think that this is a way that they're going to make money and that was where <laughs> it was really interesting because I'd gone into it expecting that I think their valuation was fifty-eight million, um, which is crackers. Ugh. That's a lot. When stone, you know, that's a tenth of stone and wood. Yeah. So, you know, are they making two, three million liters? Um, you know, we'd, we're not sure. We'd, 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 <laughs> well, no. Is is um, given that they're looking at making a taking that eight and a half million dollars to make a brewery and a whole lot of other stuff. Um, it doesn't sound and and so they can take all of their production in house. Um, when you look at what they're looking at spending that money on, it's not going to be a huge brewery. So I just, you know, so you're just trying to calculate what the volumes would be. But um, yeah, so I, 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 I don't know. But I, I, was, I was left One with the impression watch. that maybe, like, I'd gone into it thinking that, gee, you know, fifty-six million or fifty-eight million uh, valuation, you know, at sophisticated investor level. That's serious, you know, much more than the equity crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. It actually sounds like it's almost 
equity crowdfunding multiples. Yeah, valuation. Valuation in a way. Mm, um, but by people, but again, so so there was a whole. Anyway, listen to the, to the chat because it is really interesting about why they went that way rather than you know, having uh, you know, a, a much bigger group of smaller investors um, and you know what it means for the business. And given Stone and Wood sold because there were partners who wanted to sell, and mm-hmm. you know what it all means for the business. And uh, anyway, have a listen. It was it was quite an interesting chat. When's that coming out, Mark? I don't know, because well, we've got a full board. Be... We might just put it out as a special edition. Yeah, okay. Someone else who keeps all of their production proudly in-house is uh, Bridge Road Brewers, Claire, <laughs> and uh, they launched an employee ownership scheme. So rather than yeah. asking for money, they're kind of giving it away. They literally are giving it away. Um, <laughs> it's funny, I spoke to Ben, uh, Ben Krause, obviously uh, co-founder of Bridge Road, and he was like, I had some guy on the phone, uh, like a... I don't know, an accountant or a financial advisor or something. And he was like, oh, you should invest in this. And he was like, what makes you think I've got any money? And he's like, well, you just did an employee share scheme. And he's like, they didn't buy it off me. I gave it to (laughs) them. He's like, I have no money. (laughs) Um, So anyway, that was quite funny. But uh, Bridge Road Brewers uh, employee share scheme, an initial 5% of the business being handed to employees. uh, And the plan is over the next sort of five to 10 years to divest about 30% of shareholding in the business to employees. Big move for the brewery. We've seen, um, obviously, Stonewood, New Belgium, and a couple more US breweries do it. But it's not necessarily a common model. Uh, There's a few international examples of similar, but they are all different. Uh, in the way that they allocate shares, in the amount of responsibility, obligations that you have for those shares. Uh, in this case, uh, Ben wants the team to be really involved. Um, they'll go to AGMs, they get a chance to vote on things. Um, so it's very much getting a say. Perhaps because they are a bit smaller than your like New Belgiums of the world. Uh, but it's a really interesting move to basically engage employees more. And I think Bridge Road has been on a bit of a journey over the past like two years, just trying to figure out where they're going in future, where they need to allocate resources, what they want to do, who they want to be. Uh, and this is in a little step in that direction. Um, so it's, it, like I say, interesting model. Uh, we'll see how it goes and whether, I'm not sure what that many other people will take up this kind of model. It is a bit of a tricky one. And like you say, don't make, make right, any money so, Again, like Bridge Road is, you know. So people, w- would you agree that, you know, when you think back to the early days of craft beer and that, you know, almost evangelical promise of what craft beer was going to be, um, Bridge Road is one of the breweries that has really stayed very 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 true to that um promise yeah very much so they were i guess quintessentially you know um not so much craft but they were what uh they were the opposite to you know uh, corporate uh, multinational mainstream and my interest in in it now is that i think you know we've discussed this before the the whole employee ownership model i think was probably saying certainly by consumers, as a bulwark against corporate takeover. <laughs> but it hasn't and, worked out. Like, and th- well, for Stone it. and Wood, New Belgium, it's kind of proved that, well, okay, it, it, it doesn't mean, it's, necessarily it's as, mean that. Yeah, and Ben even said, like, I'm not, this isn't a succession plan, but it doesn't negate the idea that I'm, it might, we might sell at some point. Like, he didn't say outright, no, we would never sell because of doing this or anything like that. Oh, and because it's only worth something to yeah. employees if it, if, you know. Well, yeah, that's funny, isn't it? it? It's only worth something to employees if they sell. 
Otherwise, if the, the business sells yeah, and they the make it a, a, a share, so that they yeah. feel that they're contributing towards building value in something, which, which is very, very true. For a founder, Matt, is it more perhaps about legacy? Is it more about okay, my kids um, might not necessarily want to take over the family business, um, and that's something that you go back a couple of hundred years, and, and every cobbler, and every blacksmith, and every you know whoever, whatever else, our farmer, it was just assumed that you would, and it wasn't until you know sort of uh, broad broadly available education and that sort of thing where people thought they could move out of what was was you know their you know their forest gump destiny whereas now uh yeah so so now we're at the stage where you don't necessarily bank on your kids following in your footsteps so is this a bit of a backup plan so that it doesn't just disappear with you or we know when you retire or you, you don't want to do it anymore it doesn't just disappear from the shelves it doesn't just turn into a but this is part know, of the maturing of the industry is that no one was thinking about that when craft beer was a revolution. It was just mm-hmm. let, let's tear down the yeah. walls of the you know Bastille That's of it. beer. And exactly. And I've asked people, like the guys at Hawks, I was like, so, I mean, obviously you've only just started, you've only just built your brewery, but like how are you going to, have you ever thought about it? And they were like, no, we've never thought about it. Well, <laughs> I guess they're new and everything. Well, uh, not new, new, but I you know what I mean. Very, think- very few breweries start with a with an exit strategy. Yes, exactly. Well, some, of, we should. some of the more professional ones, I'd be, you know, I'd be very, you know, no one's going to mm. admit it because, you know, that's that's the thing. The emotional buy into yes. a new brand is, I'm investing in something, and that was, you know, when I when the Stone and Wood sold, um, and I was quoted on the ABC, and you know, I know that. People like uh, Crafty Pint didn't necessarily agree that the legacy that Stone and Wood Sale is going to have on the industry is that, A, everyone's thinking, well, shit, what is my um, exit strategy? You know, what happens if the three mates that founded this with their dog want to do something different? Um, You know, what if one of them gets a divorce and needs to liquidate Mm -hmm. their... Yeah. Exactly. What if they fall out? What if they what if don't one gets have sick a health and has problem? To, yeah, yeah, all, yeah, all of that sort of stuff. And people are going. I just don't well, want to do it anymore. What? Yeah. What? Is, and you know, what if ten, fifteen years in, and it's it's it, it's it's a business that mines passion. You know that it really does, and that's not an inexhaustible resource. Um, as, as we found, uh, a lot of people who have left the industry have been sort of saying that to me. Um, so yeah, it, it 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 it's it's one of those signs of a maturing industry, but. That's and and that's the challenge. Is that if you're lucky enough to have a fast-growing business with promise, that catches the eye of the big guys, and that's always going to be the smallest number of breweries. You're going to get a nice little payout. Um, but if you have just built a nice little brand that's sustainable and making you an income and paying back capital and you know paying your staff and you know all of that sort of thing, but is constantly the treadmill of you know, losing some accounts to new competitors and finding others and things like that, and it becomes a bit grating. And you want to exit that after 10, 15 years. There's not a big market for that. There's, you know, there's just not a market for for those sorts of um, businesses or certainly not a market at a um, crowdsource funding um, (laughs) valuation. Yeah. And another brewery that uh, very much focuses on its local patch is Prancing Pony, and they're focusing on local with a new pop-up, Claire. They are. So Prancing Pony setting up a bit of a trial second venue. So we'll have seen people like the aforementioned Bridge Road opening up permanent venues uh, in sort of central locations. So obviously Bridge Road are planning on opening in Melbourne next year. 
Again, same situation, Prancing Pony Regional Brewery uh, in South Australia. They're looking to open up in the East End Precinct in Adelaide CBD. So it's an interesting one because, um, and this one's from our journalist Vivian. Uh, so this is not ta- me not taking any credit. It's really nice to talk about a story that I didn't write, um, which I'm sure Matt knows very well. Uh, but yeah, so this is, it was a good one because Karina was obviously always great value. She's fantastic. Got loads of really good insights into the industry. Vivian spoke to her about, you know, why is it a pop-up rather than a permanent one? And Karina made the very valid point of like, you know, we haven't done this before. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know how successful it's going to be. We don't want to spend that kind of money on a complete unknown and fair play to them. So yeah, second venue for Prancing Pony. We'll see how it goes. Um, and this could be the start of a Prancing Pony empire. So we'll see. <laughs> but isn't, again, isn't that interesting? Uh, again, the number of breweries that seeing sustainability and growth through becoming little hospitality ventures. Yeah, having these little hospitality satellites to get that retail margin that to spread out into in metropolitan areas as well. So oh, we've had Lost Palms uh, and Black Ops open sites in Brisbane when it's obviously the they're more... batch brewing model. You know, they, yeah. they called it the hub and spoke model. Oh, that's, yeah, that's it. When they that's did their exactly. equity crowdfund. So yeah, also a really tricky one because being a regional brewery, I imagine you've kind of got a little bit of a leg up. You might be one of the few down there or wet in your area or you've started a little ale trail or something like that with the couple of people around you whereas if you're moving into a central location you've got a lot of competition you've got a lot of things going on and it's kind it's a it is a different market it's Mm. a completely different market from what you're used to so I I mean it is that's why it's such a hard decision and I'm glad Karina decided to to trial it first before sort of throwing their entire weight behind it Mm. so there you go very much but uh any brewers uh and i know that there's a lot of brewers out there a lot of business owners and a lot of people in 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 the biz have a listen to not not plugging our own podcast but have a listen to the chat with uh the maddock guys because it was really interesting their launch and it, it sounds like their plans were very flexible in terms of they were looking for a production site and then that production site shaped how hospitable the rest of the <laughs> enterprise was how big a hospitality yeah, yeah. operation they were going to go. And um, they've ended up going a much bigger hospitality venue and they're very surprised. You know, like just it's the, it was really interesting them to hear them say that the skills involved in running a hospitality venue are so different from, you know, just the, the paperwork of a business or the, you know, making beer um, that they can do. And they're just on this massive learning curve um that's quite exhausting um you know to them and uh you know they they seem to be doing a beautiful space and i'm I'm sure they'll do it well but it it, again it's one of the recurring themes i come to i think that a lot of people who love making beer with their mates in their garage um on weekends and then seeing the pleasure on their faces when they drink it just envision having a um a, a brew pub as being that and then being the bartender in cheers with a lovable bunch of regulars um, <laughs> that you're just sort of standing there with a, a rag polishing glasses and it's so much, so much harder. And uh, yeah, so if you are thinking of going in hospitality... Don't polish your glasses with rags. <laughs> well, yes, please do. Don't spit in them either. Make sure the rinse water's hot enough with... and the water just evaporates. <laughs> That's uh, the tip for this week. Now, um, the other thing too is that... Uh, 
anyone who's been to Prancing Pony uh, will know that it's almost a hospitality venue that happens to brew beer. And I think that's probably not a bad way to go. But I think they're lucky that they've they've learned how to do hospo really well. And you get like they, they've got some people there, uh, and like I won't name them all because I'll, I'll miss a couple, and then then I'll get in trouble from Corinna. Um, mm-hmm. But they have got people in place who make the hospitality work, so that they can just concentrate on providing the beer, keeping the doors open, paying the bills, and and doing all that sort of you know the behind the the scenes stuff. But when you're trying to do all of it, I think that's when the fatigue sets in. And I wasn't, yeah, no, I certainly wasn't uh, directing those comments. It's, it's just you hear there is such a lean into to, to, to coin a phrase mm-hmm. um, in, in into breweries that have never don't have that tradition of hospitality exactly exactly and my point is get the hospitality side of things right yeah and people will will beat a path to your door uh stomping ground is another perfect example of how to do it really really well the beer is almost a bonus and there are plenty of venues that around the country that uh have learned how to to nail the hospo side of things really well um and then the you know it, it, it makes the rest it doesn't you know make it easier or it doesn't make it easy but it makes it easier don't know if you guys have noticed because it's, it's just been a soft open. It's been very, very quiet. Uh, <laughs> um, Barely I heard think anything the, about uh, it. Gab's hottest one hundred is voting open. Oh, hold on, mate. Just let me check my emails. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, <laughs> <laughs> three thousand unread emails uh, just since midday yesterday. Brilliant. All from different breweries. <laughs> yeah. Well, excellent. Yes. Consumer voting is open, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Just if you wanted to know. <laughs> um, so I had a chat to um, Mike Bray, who obviously took over the competition and the Gabs Festivals in 2019, uh, just ahead of the consumer voting opening launch, uh, which was yesterday, um, Wednesday, if you're listening to it on Friday. Uh, and uh, it just had a chat because there's lots of um, sort of discussions and rumours and things going on in the industry about how the Hottest 100 be judged and you know what the rules are and whether they should change year on year and things like that so I kind of wanted to just set the record straight and basically fundamentals are staying the same at the hottest 100 but there's going to be a lot of investment in consumer engagement which is where Mike and the team see the value in the hottest 100 going forward it's a consumer poll he said it is a consumer poll but Mike was saying that consumers do tend to be while they vote for the the popular one he mentioned stomping ground they've been voted pretty highly pretty often and um, they've also won peer awards so you know it's not necessarily just a popularity vote it's also about you know what people's tastes are like uh, what they think good beer is Uh, so it says a lot about it as well and they're investing the team there at Gabs are investing a lot in sort of uh, the voting portals and the brewer side of things just to make that a little bit more streamlined and a little bit more um, you know easy to use so Basically, yeah, nothing much is happening, so none of the rumours. <laughs> They're not true, is all I'm saying. <laughs> but it's, yeah, um, it was because back in May there was a meeting called to discuss, you know, <laughs> without the owners of the uh, Hottest yes, 100. Was like, I wasn't there. actually invited to this. <laughs> but, yeah, to, to discuss how this thing should be run yeah. and, you know, whether people that have won um, and whether, you know, lobbying for votes and things should be allowed mm. and there was seemed a very clear thing from the industry do it but then mm-hmm. the, the flip side is last year um you know we had Klimt on it after the hottest 100 this year basically the whole of tasmania just went nah you know we, we're not relevant we're not going to be in it so you've got a whole state that's not included mm-hmm. um by and large 
anything can be done anyway, and mm-hmm. there, there, there are a million ways of doing it. Um, I, I, I guess you just sort of look at how actively people are in you know, breweries are engaged in this. There is nothing in the industry that you get a million emails um, yeah there's nothing comparable mm. to this is and there, it's going really? to reach out and yes it is a you know as we say it's a popularity contest it's 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 this and it's that it's flawed in so many ways but at the end of the day it creates excitement about beer and you know it's That's what we want That's some the of, of the game the smaller data you know some of the you know the, the, the top three the top five the top ten all get the attention um, but there, there are so many stories that come out of it so mm-hmm. uh, yeah I still think Matt the the most valuable aspect of the Gabe Sotis 100 is that it, it, it's a snapshot of where we are now compared to where we were this time last year versus five years ago versus 10 years ago. And not just in the in the growth of how many people engage in it, because that, that's always good to see because, like you say, that that's turning that 5% into 6%, 7%, 8 It's getting um, through its associations with, um, you know, the big box liquor retailers and other sponsors. It gets beer out into the into the the mainstream hmm. uh, or, or sorry it gets it gets out into people who only sort of don't think of beer as as mainstream or craft they just think of beer as whatever beer they they usually have if it broadens those horizons then I think it's it, it has value um, it, I don't really care if you know there are people out there who go oh, I don't want to play anymore um, well, whether they're brewers or voters you know what um, if you you know it's that old thing we've said it a hundred times, but if you want to work out how indispensable you are, you know, put your, <laughs> put your finger in a bowl of water, and the indentation that it leaves when you remove your finger, that's how indispensable you are yeah. to, to, to all but your family. Yeah, seriously, work, um, you know, this industry, community, whatever else, and 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 that's a good point, matter. yeah, Pete, uh, because I mean, the, the, there is a two-speed industry at the moment. Like, there's the craft beer, and then there's the rest of the beer market and so much of the effort that goes in even on things like you know as valuable as it is on things like indie beer day you're singing to the choir um it's it's not really bringing more people in because it just doesn't have the same level of outreach that something like the hottest 100 does um and that can only be good for for the category and creating excitement and and everything the the flip side is that if you want to say look i'm not going to buy into it that's fine, but you know. But don't shit can it on your way out. Just, just quietly leave. Or, or just put your beers in, and you know, trust me when I say that people notice whether or not you're out there lobbying or not. And it's it on that. It's it's very interesting to see, you know, who, who's who's gone the biggest, quickest, um, in 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 mm-hmm. lobbying this year, and uh, you know, some <laughs> of the ways they've done. And and not not casting aspersions or anything like that but you know I'd, it, it's interesting to see how large Black Ops has gone you know like they've they've <laughs> released a video they've done social media you know about the making of the video but then also their email was all about celebrating you know getting an independent beer up to, to number one and independence has never been something that the, um, the the Black Ops guys have really hung their hat on and in fact they've almost sort of said you know we're not about independence and then suddenly you know, when we, we've seen Stone when and Wood. When it gets your vote. Yeah, well, <laughs> when, when it's a card that you can pull out, <laughs> out, of, out of the sleeve of your shirt and sort of throw it down, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a useful you tool. You look at Little Creatures, Little Creatures Pale Ale and the, and the fall from the, the top three positions in the first or six editions of the, of the Gab's Hottest 100, but as soon as they sold, boom, out of the top 10, out of the top 25, out of the top 50, despite the fact that it's still as popular a beer amongst 
you know the the general public. So I'm sure their I'm sure their their numbers didn't go down. Um, just their position in a in you know as perceived by a very small percentage of the small percentage of the beer drinking market. You know, independence is one of those intangible things that, on one hand, when we talk about the industry, we're not going to talk it up too much. But then you know, it is something that is a is an attribute that may carry a few extra votes well you know we want to make sure an independent beer gets up there and it's uh, things like that so it's uh, yeah matters till it doesn't um matters when exactly. it, it matters when it matters and it, it matters when it counts so you know <laughs> anyway. that, like you say it, it's that tangibility and you you touch on that matt and I, I think that's spot on i was thinking well why does you know why does the um indie beer day or why does independence um not matter as much because it's not as tangible as oh there's a podium gabs hottest 100 first beer second beer first, you know first most popular second third top 100 it's something that people can read and look at and and get a sense of okay that's you know that's a popular beer which you you, you can't necessarily get with the concept of independence or you know local or provenance or you know whatever else it it might be well, local's not going to get you to the top of the podium. Like that's the thing. Like, um, vote local. So, and if you <laughs> live in a tiny little village, if, if you've got national <laughs> distribution, or you know, like if, if if you know, and and a business like Black Ops does, and you yeah. know, so that's the thing. You're not going to ever, you know, get to the top ten just going vote local, vote yeah. local because you're limiting your audience. But you know, if but it's, got, it's all about yeah, getting that message out there. And if you want to get your message out there, yeah, it might be an independent seal or it could be anything else. You might want to call Rowling's label stickers and packaging because they can supply um, labels not just for your cans and bottles, but they can also supply printed or blank cartons. They do can trays, tap decals, just everything, anything you can think of, anything you can whack a independent seal on uh, or a local seal or a um, Vote for us in the Gabs Hottest 100. They'll they'll do all sorts of or uh, even this is just good beer. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, just this summer, just drink it. <laughs> Make sure it's cold. Stop burning. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, it's good to see those ads getting around. It's Absolutely. good to see that uh, yeah, those particular products have um, branched out into I don't know what it is, Canadian Club and Gin and Tonic or some <laughs> shit. Anyway, uh, drink whatever you like. Make, make sure it's got a Rowling's label stickers and packaging label on it. Listen, whenever this podcast goes up and also the uh, other one, there's the uh, Heaps Normal guys have got a brilliant shirt. It's I'm off the waters. You know, you know when you're sort of giving up the the the, oh, I'm off the, 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 the grog for a while. I'm off the beers. Oh no, 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 thanks, mate. I'm off the beers. And so they've got a shirt that says I'm off the waters. And I thought um, we don't it, mind that. That was that. genius. Yeah, like it's one of those really nice. Twist. So, <laughs> listen out in the podcast because there may be instructions. Oh, sorry, I'm just one. I'm just getting a call through. I was going to check. Oh, the, what's the number? One three hundred eight five two two three five. Oh yeah, we'd better get it in there because. Oh yeah, the Can't guy, the rallies guys do listen. I'll return that call later. Support for this episode comes from Scar Fabricating. They they build reliable automated packaging line equipment that's handcrafted to make life easier for brewers and their production team. So if you're a brewer looking for the best way to get your product out of the tap room and into the hands of your customers, perhaps people who might vote in the Gab's Hottest 100, uh, Scar Fab has you covered. With a wide range of depalletizers, custom conveyance, date coating, rinsing and drying systems and more, Scar Fab specialises in helping breweries of all sizes get their beer from keg to can. To find out more about how Scar Fab can help you sell more beer, visit scarfabricating.com today. That's SCAR, S-K-A, fabricating.com, no A-U, to get started today. That's all the news that's got you covered, uh, caught up. Um, for all the details, go and read the stories on the website, Australian Brews News. But uh, right now, that's it for this half of the episode. Stick around for Below the Fold. 
And of course, we always begin below the fold with our mailbag. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or send us in an email to be in the draw for the letter of the week. You can also join our Facebook group. Just join Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox. And our mailbag is thanks to our good friends at New Zealand Ale Trail. You can head to www.nzaletrail.com or at nzaletrail on social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand. Uh, what have we got, Claire? We've got a couple of bits and bobs, nothing too wild. But on the Facebook group, I asked, just I'm writing an article about beer merchandise and I asked, you know, has anyone got any, like, or bought any or seen any really interesting, innovative uh, merch that they thought, oh yeah, this puts that brewery ahead above uh, ahead of their competitors. I hadn't seen that. I could have brought in. I, I should have talked about my shirt. About oh, the, I should have talked yeah. about your shirt. Anyway, definitely sorry about that. Um, and Barry Cranston wrote underneath, I know it'd be very hard to find viable alternatives, but nearly all merch seems to be made in China. This seems at odds with the buy local, support the local independent brewery, etc. At least the merch can be ethically sourced. Easy for me to say, I know. Funnily enough, I've asked um, a couple of people uh, that I am interviewing for this article the exact same question and yes funnily enough it is almost exactly like brewing in that we like to talk about local and you should buy from your local and things should be locally sourced but behind the scenes raw materials for merch is very much made abroad uh, a lot of it's manufactured abroad uh, and it's just the way it is because of price margins etc etc it's not right and it is changing, but that's how it is at the minute. It's one of those really interesting, yeah. It it, it it's one of my bugbears. Is I love the idea of buying local, and we need to. We we want local. You know, it's good for the economy. It's good for people. It's you know, sharing and you know, going for the cheapest from overseas is, um, you know, all that. But when you start seeing people having those like those mindless tropes sorry that's a bit judgmental but you know of just oh you know the profits go overseas to attack the big brewers you know well if you're buying your stainless overseas your ingredients from overseas your um you know bottles from overseas Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um all of those things not your labels of course because your labels you'd be getting locally well you you would be getting your label (laughs) but yeah yeah um but you know like if you're buying all of your you know your, your hops from overseas and things like that and you're not really making a profit um but you are, you know, you're paying stuff. How is that better? You know, when you all of your merch comes from overseas, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and then yeah, you're going overseas for holidays, and yeah. you know, and like you don't have to have everything locally sourced. Every, but a move That's, towards that would be yeah, nice. being aware of it, yeah, yeah, and being aware of it. And I think some people just aren't necessarily, but then still market themselves and want to be seen as local and expect people but to buy from them because they are local. Yeah. And you're like... And I guess that really came into stark contrast, uh, stark, um, you know, like HPA. Mm-hmm. We, we ran a story um, that they'd invested $50 million, you know, in expansions, um, you know, in, in, in hops, which is awesome. Like the, the, the area under trellis in Australia is, I think, record um, levels. And we posted a story and somebody said, you know, it was a brewer, um, posted, oh, you know, they're foreign owned. You know, the profits go overseas. And you're going, well... <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. What is the option? Like, there, there are some <laughs> local hop growers, yes, but they're mm-hmm. very, very small. Not enough to supply the entire industry. They and just don't make that much. I wouldn't want to be backing my brewery, you know, on 
them not having a hail hailstorm, bushfires, bushfire, um, floods, things like that. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, it, it's it's a lot more nuanced, a lot more complicated than just saying buy local mm-hmm. um, or just or shit canning foreign owned businesses. Yeah, so. no, good point. Well, mate, thanks very much, Barry, uh, for your a uh, good comment. Now, uh, okay, below the fold, uh, beer of the <laughs> we week. Are below um, the thank fold. you below to Bluestone yeah. Yeast. Do you need yeast for that next brew? Well, Bluestone Yeast has all of your yeast needs covered. <laughs> they have over 100 yeast strains in their biobank. Um, I wonder if that's kind of like a uh, uh, cryobank. Or, oh, my you know, God, the, definitely. It's all like like ice, you know, like dry ice everywhere and big refrigerators and I love it. I'm excited. Crypto. Crypto. Uh, crypto bio. Oh. Hey, there could be a buzzword. Love it. Um, but Bluestone Yeast have a biobank, and you can reach out to them at info at bluestoneyeast.com.au or call Derek on 03 and talk all things yeast. The beer of the week. Um, actually, two beers of the week, um, very quietly, because during the judging of the Indies, um, it was at uh, Easy Times. Mm-hmm. Um, and. They're making some nice little brewery in Brisbane, making some very nice beers. And funnily enough, as I was sitting there, a delivery of Bluestone yeast turned up. <laughs> that can't be that, true. Is that, that was? true? No, no, yeah, yeah, for, 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 for their next lager. So, uh, um, but their, their New Zealand Pilsner, um, I'm on a bit of a Pilsner kick, but oh, it, was, it was very, very nice. Um, it's what I was drinking. Uh, I'm just, don't the, mind me, I'm just reaching um, down into my new beer fridge that um, I bought yesterday. <laughs> Uh, and pulling this out, which is the new edition of uh, Rattenhund, ah. which has got the big B, Bluestone Yeast Co, on the uh, on the back label. Oh, there you go. Okay. Gee, they, aren't they getting their money's worth? Oh, We're going to have to put our rates up. Matilda Bay Redback, um, released in can, in, only in Western Australia. You can buy it on the Matilda Bay website, and this isn't a paid. I've actually jumped online and bought two cartons of Redback uh, for myself. They did send me a, a sample a couple of weeks ago, different to what we know as um, Redback. And I still, one of my all-time favourite beer memories, Pete, is you and I in the Matilda Bay, Port Melbourne Brewery, drinking unfiltered Redback from the tank. Because it, 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 for the same reason that it, it excites me now, it's a beer that is the first craft beer that I remember drinking back in 89, made me think differently about beer and I'll always have that emotional attachment and you can never, you know, separate yourself from that. So, you know, the having seen Matilda Bay go all points of the map trying to find relevance, um, you know, since since then, um, and to have it land back in Phil Sexton's hands. Very excited to see this beer released. Um, it, even though it's different. Um, it was still tasting very, very good. So And his son we should point out his son Harry is uh, is on the tools. He's actually brewing the beer. Yes, at Hillsville. Yes, so uh, and but they're, they're still making everything themselves, and you, you can get a limited quantity on, online. And uh, yeah, so it, it, it's my beer beer of the week because I, I really enjoyed it. And for a hot summer's day, the the way that they've gone, you know, the Euro Belge um, wheat beer, just very very nice. Not too heavy on the esters, but you know. You, you, you know you've got something with a bit of flavour in there, man. It's yeah. nice and cold and refreshing. Another thing I loved about Redback back then was that I realised now it was a beer that opened my eyes to the international beer world as well because it was that one that said, oh, wheat beers, what? Oh, well, you know, like the German wheat beers. Oh, what do you mean German wheat beers? Oh, what do you mean Belgian wits? Um, so it was that a bit of a gateway or an opening into 
looking at you know the the rich tradition that is the history of beer. It was a wheat beer, and you go well. Hold on, isn't all beer? No, other wheat is barley. So what's wheat? And then also the the, the yeasty tones. You know, it, it, it introduced me to yeast, which lagers never did. So you know, it was a uh, anyway. Uh, even yeah, I love the idea of this beer, and there there is something being put back behind it. Um, and it probably is inconsistent with a whole lot range of other things that that, that I that I feel because. This one's coming from the heart and not from the, the, the logic of the head, and uh, you can never separate the two. No, you're allowed to do that. We'll give you that one. <laughs> All right. Only two more episodes for the year. Yeah. And then it's Christmas. And then it's that Christmas, nice. and I can't, like, I, again. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much to Cryo Malt, to Relling's Label Stickers and Packaging, to Scar Fabricating, and to our friends at New Zealand Ale Trail. And Bluestone Yeast. And Blue Stain News for our unsponsored beer of the week. And our listener sponsors, uh, our listener people who just throw us five, ten oh, yeah, bucks yeah, yeah. a month. Yeah, no, um, no, thank you to all our supporters. The donors. Like the donors. Exactly. There's, there's a round of beers going on for the staff today, for the whole staff that make all of this possible. Enjoy. I'll, uh, I'll raise one down here um, in my absence. Uh, thanks very much, Matt. Thanks very much, Claire. Cheers, Pete. And thanks very much to all our loyal listeners. Good to have you again. We'll hear you, oh, you'll hear us the next couple of weeks and then you can have a bit of a break. Then we'll see you back in the new year. But until then, drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. How much longer? Are we just going to keep washing our hands, Pete? You know, is it? Maybe. Oh, well, I got in trouble. Didn't I? Yeah. Well, we got in trouble for not mentioning. When I left it out. Yeah, and we got in trouble because we've missed that bit out when Pete wasn't here. (laughs) Always get in trouble. People don't like change, guys. No one misses it when I don't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) When it's just me and Pete. Not that I ever care what the most is. (laughs) Oh, God, a a lightning bolt of (laughs) self-awareness. Ouch. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. 